Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another episode of Kang Collects. Uh, if this is your first time, I appreciate you uh, coming on board. You can always catch up on any old episodes that I've had. We've had a bunch of them. It's been a, it's been a really good 2023. We're a month into 2024. And I'm going to bring on one of my, this is my first repeat guest. And it's because a, a guy I just really respect and know a ton. He knows a ton about the uh, the industry, the hobby. He's been doing it forever. Uh, the owner of Otia Sports, Jason Koontz. Jason, man, thanks. I really appreciate it, man. Man, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it, brother. It's good to see Not you. Problem, talk, talk, yeah. talk, talk with you. Yeah, so for people that don't know, me and Jason, we're both from Michigan. And so before we get into the hobby and all that's going on, I mean, we, we've we gone through some ups, ups and downs here in the last uh, few weeks. Michigan winning the national title and then the Lions ripping our heart out and blowing a 17-point lead in the NFC Championship game. Um, Jason, I know you... You, like me, are incredibly passionate about our, our sports here, man. How are you dealing with uh, what's happened the last couple of weeks? I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's like uh, I was so <laughs> like I, I I told you after the Michigan game, I felt like we were free rolling. But I really obviously still, you know, I'm like, let's go two for two. You know, let, let's just let's just do it. And, uh, you know, we, we know we know what happened. It's like at halftime, all our friends are like, we're going to the Super Bowl. And of course, those people maybe haven't experienced the last. 35, 40 years of like, you know, like we have of, of, of the lions knowing, you know, we, we kind of knew like deep down, we knew they're going to blow the game and it's, it's sick. Um, so it's frustrating, man. It's, I don't know. You I don't know. Feel, talk about you it. feel <laughs> helpless because you think the inevitable is going to happen. You can't control it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a sick feeling. You don't want to feel like that, but there's always that, that thing sticking in your gut until, until the game's over. You never count your, you know, your chickens, right. I mean, until they're ahead. It's, it's wild because like you literally look at, at the game script and you're like, all right, like this, 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 and this all need to happen. And you're like, okay, like we got this, but you still deep down, you know, and then somehow this, 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 everything happens like boom, boom, boom. And then they lose the game and you're just like, yeah, let's talk about cards, man. Let's talk about the lions. Just... <laughs> Sorry, man. Hey, you know what, Jason? So you get to step away from it, but you know what I do? I imagine having your heart ripped out in front of you, and then you have to talk about it for a week straight for four hours a day after. I mean, it's like the most painful week of my life so far. But you're right. Let's talk about cards and hobby and things that make us happy. <laughs> so um, let's get into it, man. 2023 is over with. 
We're a month into 2024. Uh, your thoughts, Jason, on what this year brings? What do you think the hobby is going to, uh, how is it going to do the up, the down? I mean, right now, I mean, NFL Prism just came out. Everyone's CJ Stroud chasing, but we got Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, even Will Levis, uh, Wemby for basketball. I mean, what do you think 2024 looks like for the hobby? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because the two big manufacturers are kind of feuding right now. There's a bunch of stuff going on. I think a lot of people have come in and, you know, some people have taken a, a, a big hit gambling on some of these newer quarterbacks in the last year. And, you know, they're, you kind of learn by example and learn from experience. And like when that happens to you, like I was, I was kind of looking at this the, uh, from the national, it's like everybody in, in at the national and, you know, over the summer in 2023, nobody was talking about Mahomes. It was all like Sam Howell and Ritter and all these guys. And it's like, Mahomes and is staring you right in the face, but, and everyone just wants, the problem is nobody wants a double up or a triple up anymore. Everybody wants the 30 X, which is, you know, that's, that's life. Like everybody wants to hit the lottery ticket or the slot machine. And, um, you know, it's hard to do that with a guy like Mahomes, but it's, it's a lot safer bet. And it turns out, you know, that was the way to go. And, you know, I think getting burned on some of these quarterbacks is a good thing because it kind of like redirects you before you like lose everything. It allows you to like adjust yourself and like take the hit and then kind of be like, okay, like what am I going to do now to, to not, you know, buy a, a, a Sam Howell card for three grand and now it's worth a hundred dollars. So um, I'm excited for 2024. I just, I think everything's just kind of leveled off and I, you see some stuff starting to go back up like the better stuff. So I, you know, like every other market, the good stuff eventually will, will rise and the dog shit will, you know, stay at that level. So that that's kind of where we're at right now. It was like a two-year roller coaster, and it feels like we're we're definitely like settling into, you know, comforting comforting area of of where the hobby should be. Yeah, yeah, I think like settling in is is a good term for it. I mean, you mentioned people getting burned, like Mac Jones. You know, that's that's, that's a, the most recent one, and that seemed like it happened very quickly. Um, he didn't even, you know. I know you're 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 pretty infamous for your Andrew Luck investment, but that league at least that guy was in the league for a you know huge trajectory. It was like you know Hall of Fame. And Mac Jones didn't even seem like he had a trajectory yet. It went away that quickly. So I think. Do you think that prospecting is still does that did that settle in at all? You know. Well, I so I think the problem is is there's so many people doing it now. Is a lot of the upsides already built in? Where like when I was doing it you know, you could buy stuff and it could 500 X. The, the problem now is like to buy a Mac Jones, for example, or Sam Howell, like there's already so much hype and so many people buying off of like preseason before they've ever seen them play that the stuff's already inflated. So it's like when it, you know, what the upside is, there's still upside, but it's limited, but the downside is just massive. Like the, the Mac Jones one one I think it got pulled. Some kid pulled it, sold it for a hundred grand that guy flipped it for 175,000 and you know, that card's maybe worth like a few thousand bucks now, like just for, you know, for whatever reason. And maybe he, he still might end up doing yeah, something. Yeah. So it's so much, yeah, Mike at, at a couple thousand bucks, it's probably a good gamble. A hell of a lot better gamble than 175,000. <laughs> and it's like, even at, even at 175,000, which is so absurd. It's like the person buying that, you know, unless they're just in love with Mac Jones, Where's that going to go, right? Well, how much higher can yeah, that get? Yeah, like it's not going to be a million-dollar car. I don't know. So, you know me. I, I like I, – I, I gamble every now and then with some stuff, but I gamble enough in the real world where 
in cards, I try to keep it safe, you know, in football and, you know, retired players can't get hurt. They can still do stupid shit off the field, but, um, you know, you know me, I'm more vintage and just yeah, yeah. safer at that. But, but I get it. Like I love to occasionally take shots and, 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 and gamble like that, but quarter quarterbacks, I mean, and when football, you kind of got to stick with quarterbacks, generally receivers and running backs just, you know, never, never do it. And, uh, and it's just like, look at all the quarterbacks this year that, and, and that finished the season. I mean, that a couple, even, even guys like Tua, like Tua had a really good season. His stuff's like way down. So yeah, you really got to just hit it right on the head to, to, to really do well on, on investing in one of the, the newer quarter, the QBs. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like you'd like to, and I, I agree with you, like the price is already built in so much. Like how much more can you actually gain if he does reach his ceiling and potential? Um, and yeah, we'll get to vintage a little bit later. Cause I know you're a good or big vintage guy. And, and I, I lean that way too, just cause it is safer, but we look at the Super Bowl matchup right now. And you got one guy who's the safe investment in Mahomes, and you got Purdy, the one who's, is this thing real or is this, you know, is this the next Tom Brady story? What's going on? Or, you know, so it's kind of classic. It's kind of funny. Like we have these two uh, pitted against each other in sports, but in, in the hobby world, they're looking at this, these two as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, like Mahomes has already kind of made his, his stance. It's like, and Purdy, the cool thing about Purdy is he was such a late pick. I think he was the last pick like Brady, but um, you know, he just doesn't have a lot of cool cards out there. So there, at least there's like a little bit of limited supply as far as like Purdy stuff goes. But personally, it's like, I don't know. I, I just don't see, he doesn't dazzle me though. Like Mahomes, every time Mahomes, when a player does something crazy and you're not shocked or you just ex- like, I, let me say that differently. When he doesn't complete a play, you're like, you know, you're shocked. It's like when Mahomes or Brady or Jordan misses a shot, you're like, or you're like, what the hell? He missed that. Like that's what defines a great player to me where, you know, I like when Purdy throws the ball, it's like, you're not really, you know, it's like, he's just managing the game. It's it, the shit that Mahomes does out there just blows my mind. Like last week, um, I'm not sure when this is going live. So I, whatever the, the gate, you know, the, or yeah, the AFC championship, I mean, God, he made some crazy plays and it's like, I don't know why I'm surprised anymore. He's just so freaking good. And no, he's got know, he's got yeah. an X factor is intangible, and he's he is exciting, and that might hurt. I mean, Purdy cards are still pretty expensive, but he's definitely not as as dazzling or exciting as you know Alma Holmes is. But I think when people are so much into prospecting, I mean, they're gonna, you know how it is, they're just gonna lean that way. So speaking yeah, when, of, but huh? Well, I was gonna say, when, when Mahomes, well, this is gonna be Super Bowl number. Is this gonna be number three or four for him when he wins? Uh, uh three if he wins it. Yeah, so this would be number three for him. So. Um, I mean, dude, six, every, six straight AFC championship games too. I mean, he's, yeah, it's, it's actually, if you look at the betting money, I don't know if we can talk about betting on this channel, but like everybody's pounding the chiefs, which kind of scares me. But to me, it's like, it seems like the chiefs are going to crush them, but I don't know. I was, I always like to fade the public. So I might actually end up betting San Francisco, like just out of, I don't know. Well, for those that uh, people that don't pay attention, like really pay attention all year long, I don't know if they know this because Mahomes is so good at what he is and everyone loves him so much. The Chiefs have actually turned into a defensive team. They're a defensive team now. They're really good on defense. And Mahomes is just so good on offense. And as long as he has Kelsey, like those two carry that offense. And then, you know, Rice has been a nice find and Pachanko and all stuff. But it's it's built around Mahomes and making plays when need to be like it's. They didn't score a point in the second half against the Ravens, but when he needed a play to make to ice that game, Mahomes always makes it, and that's what makes them so damn good and dangerous. It's crazy, but they're a defensive team, which people don't really realize. I don't think. Um, yeah, I agree. They're they're fun to watch. 
Uh, so let's switch the basketball and the, and the hype over there with Wemby. So generally speaking, big men in basketball, you know this, they don't get the love that like guards do and the smaller players. But Wemby, he's gotten a lot of hype. Why do you think that is? Is it because he's not a true center? Is he like more a Kevin Durant? Like why do you, like, can Wemby carry the, the basketball torch? Yeah, I think it's the uniqueness. I mean, I always call it the Shaq theory. When I, I never, like, you know, a lot of people invest in like in bead and, and I always tell people like if Shaq, can't you know and Shaq has everything the personality like just uh, everyone loves Shaq and like if his stuff can't be worth you know hundreds of thousands of dollars no center can can but kind of like you said like I don't think Wemby falls in the center category because no center is going to be able to miss a three-point shot and dunk it like he did like that's and so yeah and he's got like he's just it's it's a it's the you it's like Otani it's the unicorn of um we've never the NBA has never seen anything like him you know, it's like it's why Otani's Otani in baseball. You know, he, the the pitching and the hitting. Um, so I think the whole unicorn aspect of his size and shooting, and um, you know, he needs to put some muscle on. But I mean, he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. It's like uh, it, it reminds me of like the tall kid in in middle school playing basketball sometimes, and you know, like the the little kids are just driving the hoop, and he's just blind. But these are like you know NBA all stars that he's playing against. So. I don't know. The guy puts the muscle on the next couple of years. He's going to be and not get hurt. Like that's a big thing. And you're that size. That's my big thing is like avoiding injury, you know? So I don't know if you saw a few weeks ago when him and Chet were playing against each other and it looked like two, it looked like a freak show. Like it didn't look real. Like these two guys guarding each other, like and dribbling and handling and shooting threes. I'm like, what is going on? Am I, is this real life? And it looks like, something from a lab that these two came out of and they're able to play balls. It's, it's crazy. Right. It's unicorn stuff. A video game, a video game. It's like, yeah, it's like it, one it's of the so, monsters. <laughs> it's just so fun to watch. Like, I, you know, I don't really, I'm so busy. I got kids and I'm like work and everything. And it's like, I don't really, you know, football Sunday I'm dialed in, but I, I haven't really got a chance to watch as much NBA, you know, the Pistons aren't having a great year. So it's like, I haven't really sat down and watched as much NBA as I have in like my past, you know, time but this year it's definitely like you know oh let me check out like 90 percent of the basketball i've watched have been spurs games and it's because of obviously you know Wemby. so um that matters he's you know he's obviously uh um from france so it's like he kind of has the international like you know play so i don't know it's uh, it's interesting that's all like it's the, the values are up there um and the the big issue though is the battle between Panini and Fanatics where, you know, there hasn't been, and I don't know how much the users know, but there's a license and autographs deals, you know, battling. So, you know, on one side we have him in a uniform with no autograph and the other side we have autograph, but no uniform. So, you know, we're kind of the collectors getting screwed here um, and not getting, you know, a sick um, top tier Wembenyani card to collect. Yeah. So um, yeah, like a true, you know, like RPA type, you know, so, yeah, which is a great point. Like for people, yeah, that don't know, like, Stroud, CJ Stroud doesn't can't sign the the prism that just came out. He has no autograph card out. Like Wembenyama has no autograph out. Like, do you think that that like th does that hurt those guys the, the the hobby? You know that they don't have it, or is it like make it more like hey, when they do finally get licensing and they we're, we're just waiting for that day, and that's gonna make that that chase card then. I, I think it does. It does definitely hurts, but like it also shows you how strong our hobby is. The fact that like the autograph true RPAs and stuff aren't available and people are still cracking wax and, 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 and buying the stuff just shows you that 
everyone's addicted and they all want the Wemby's and the Strauss, no matter what. Um, obviously if they had the in uniform autograph card, it'd be that much more exciting. So yeah, it's just frustrating because, um, you know, hopefully they, they figure it out. Um, and, and we, and we get to a point where we can get back to, you know, business as usual, but, um, yeah, they're definitely, you know, Stroud is the same in football. He's just such an exciting rookie to watch. And, you know, he's got, I'm not calling him a home, so don't say that, but like he has a little bit of that, that swagger that, you know, he, he reminds me of like a baby Mahomes. So I'll say that. So we'll see, you know, it, it, it's uh, a lot of upsides already built in, man. You know, it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. So he's talented though. Like I, I love watching both those guys, NBA and NFL. No, you know, it's, it's good to have definitely good for the hobby, for the sports to have young, exciting players. I mean, be this good, this quickly. Um, Other big news, speaking of autograph is I wanted your thoughts on LeBron. And Bronny card that you know the Chase card like in the future, like so it's nice to have LeBron autograph cards now. But he's on there with Bronny. Like, what if Bronny's a complete bust? What does that happen to that card? Does it you know does it matter or does it not matter in your opinion? Yeah. So I mean, LeBron said he's going to play until LeBronny. You know, it's like he's just assuming LeBron or Bronny's going to make it to the pros. It's like he's not an amazing player. You know, it's like if he wasn't LeBron James's son, he wouldn't be getting this type of exposure so you know i guess it's going to be interesting to see if lebron does continue playing until Bronny potentially gets drafted and then you know is, is he going to go to the lakers or is lebron going to go sign with some team for you know nba minimum just to like play with his son because that's what he said he said i'm going to play until you know i can play one year with my son um hopefully maybe he surprises us and turns out to be um you know the next great thing but i mean he's he's just if you look at the draft boards and just, you know, the rankings, like he's nothing special other than being LeBron's son. So I think it's just, it's so hype driven, you know, it's, it's, it's cool, but I haven't really paid attention to it just because it's, you know, like obviously you're buying it for the LeBron and um, you know, if you have, you get LeBron's son with him, it's just, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just weird. I don't know. It, it, yeah, well, I'm wishing Bronny the luck, you know, the best of luck, but I mean, it's really um, tough, though. It's not even just nothing to knock on Bronny. It's just this league. These guys are like the less than half percent, you know, make it and let alone be an all-star or be good. Like the, the all-star uh, teams got just got named and Trey Young averages 27 and 10 and he's not on even a reserve like that's you know what I mean? So like for it's really hard, man. And so, like I said, it's not a knock on Bronny, but just to make the league would be pretty impressive. But then people would question, is it because of LeBron, too? Yeah, he's got he's got great genes, but I mean, from what I've seen, like I don't think he has like star NBA potential, but you know, he's got yeah. time, so yeah, exactly. we'll see. And, and actually, the uh, uh, LeBron's other kid, who's younger, might be actually better. And if he wants him, he's gonna have to wait even a couple more years before he gets in the league. So yeah, I'm, I'm a LeBron hater, so I mean, but so I, but I I don't dis you know, I I definitely see what he's done, and and I appreciate, it and I think he's you know the second or third best player ever. Um, I'm just, I'm a Jordan guy. I grew up in Jordan. Like nobody's going to give me an argument that's ever going to put LeBron ahead of Jordan. Like, even if they're right, just like, there's no point arguing with me because Jordan is him. I grew up on Jordan, which means I just don't give LeBron credit for probably <laughs> what, what, what he deserves. Probably not. But you know, I think you, you, it's not like you say he sucks. I mean, you got him in top three, you know, so you, you acknowledge that he's good. He's just not never going to be as good in your mind as Jordan, which, you know, I agree, but I feel like, 
I, of course I'm, I'm biased, but I feel like there's actual, like you could back it up pretty well. You know, I'm, I'm not just saying it just because I grew up in an era or I watched Jordan or like Jordan. I, I feel like there's pretty substantial information that I can put out there. Yeah. And it's not just stat driven. It's just, you know. Yeah. I mean, the Jordan LeBron argument, usually I don't get any pushback. The one that I get pushback is, you know, I have Kobe ahead of LeBron too, but that's also an era thing that I grew up watching Kobe. And Kobe is the closest thing I've seen to Jordan. So it's like, why wouldn't the same he be thing. I, Yeah, I got Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. And, you know, I just, that's, that's where I'm at and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> there, I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I may be biased too. So uh, let's go to vintage real quick. The big news in the hobby uh, this past week is uh, in Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, apparently there was a case of 1979 OPG hockey cards, which is, uh, I think there's 24 boxes in this case. Uh, how many, Jason, do you know how many uh, potential Wayne Gretzky rookie cards are in each box? Yeah, it's, 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 there's no guarantee, but it's usually around one to, you know, so there's, they're probably going to get around 20, you know, maybe a little more uh, Gretzky's in the, in the case. Um, obviously, you know, the value is in the sealed case and not, you know, or in the sealed boxes and not opening them. Um, but it, it's a massive find. I mean, this is like, on the same levels, 86 floor basketball. It's, but there's actually, this is the first known op, uh, OPG hockey case. I actually know where two 86 floor cases are three, three 86 floor basketball cases. And one of those, the first one surfaced a few years ago for the first time in like 20 years. So um, this is definitely like Holy grail type stuff. I mean, this is truly amazing. You've like I said, you've been around this hobby for a long time. You've, you've, you've witnessed, you've seen, you know, people that have sealed cases from vintage stuff. Like, when you heard about this story, I mean, how floored were you? I mean, like, can, this is like, by the way, for people that don't know, it is up for auction right now. It's people are estimating it's going to go over two million for this case. I mean, when you heard about this, Jason, were you like, "What is this serious?" Yeah, I don't want to hype it too much because I'm actually bidding on it. But, um, <laughs> don't worry, so, it's going to get its own. <laughs> yeah. So the interesting thing is, you know, um, you know, the case is labeled 1980, and you know, when Opichi when they created their product, it was towards the end of the season. So obviously, you know, the season like basketball was 7980 so on the outside of the case it said 1980 and the the family that owned it for the last 40 years just assumed it was a 1980 case which is still like good money that's they're probably 300 350 and at at some point someone's like you should probably open that just to make sure and they peeled it back and it was like it was a white box which in 1980 what you know people know this 1980 it's a blue box so they're like, holy shit, like what's going on here? So they opened a little more and they realized it was uh, 1979 OPG boxes, which, you know, you go from, uh, you know, 300 grand to maybe 3 million or whatever, it's, you know, whatever the hell it's going to go for. Um, but that's a pretty big upgrade in, in uh, you know, it, the what? fact that it's been sitting there for for so long. What, why, why was it in a 1980 case or box? So when Opichi makes the product, they made it in the second part of the year. So the season is 1979, but it finishes in 80. So they just write 19, like a lot of other, you know, sports, I think usually write the beginning, you know, they would write yeah. 70, but Opichi just, you, you got to remember the quality control, especially Opichi um, was not, nobody, nobody cared. Like the quality control was just, was, was shit. So, you know, they just slapped the 1980 stamp on it. And said, okay, well, like we we printed this in 1980, but it's for the 7980 season. And uh, you know, I, if I didn't know better, I would have just assumed it, you know. But 
you know, the, 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 when they opened up and saw the white boxes and not the blue boxes, they were uh, definitely in awe, which is, which is a good, you know, pretty fun, fun find to find something that's 10 X, what what you thought it was. So. Yeah, man. I mean, so like, is this one something where you have to keep sealed or like you said, there could be potentially 20 to 24 Wayne Gretzky rookie cards and a mint, a gem mint Wayne Gretzky rookie card could go for a million dollars itself. No, no, PSA 10 is probably three or four million. So yeah, the risk reward of cracking it though, I don't think it's worth it. I just, I think the, the value and the rarity of it being sealed is just so cool. Um, and the fact that there's not another known example. Um, yeah, like if I won this, I would just keep it sealed, but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely like enticing to crack one for sure, but you can't crack one box. If you crack one box then you know, there goes, the, there goes the case, but I know it was wrapped by one of the, you know, by, uh, Steve Hart, uh, baseball card exchange. And they wrap each box individually. And then I think they wrap the case too. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what it goes for, but I don't want to hype it because I want to win it cheaper than what it's worth. Uh, well, good, uh, good luck because I, I actually hope you, I hope you win it, so I don't talk to you about it after. <laughs> I want to yeah, see yeah, this yeah. first. I want to take a picture with it, man. That's like cool as hell. Yeah, if I win, I come on over. Um, so but so you you're very good into vintage and all that stuff. Does does bricking happen with the 1970s, 80 cards? Like because I we obviously know what happens in the 90s and stuff, but what about like 79, 80? Like, do you know? Do people break them? No, brick. I'm sorry. Do the cards brick and they stick and they just damage, you know, like a surface issues? I know, I know you're not ripping it or cracking it if you win it, but I mean, is that an issue? Just continue to keep it, you know, sealed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. The, the, the value is, is so built in on, on the, the rarity of it being sealed to, to open something for grading with the print quality of just centering alone and print issues. And then, um, yeah, you, you know, you're going to probably have mint corners, but not necessarily, but, assuming you do have mint corners i mean the centering was atrocious on, on 1970s and even 80s so yeah when you start cracking that stuff for grading it's like almost a guaranteed loss but it's gambling and you know you, you might find a dead centered card with yeah. no print and, and, and hit the lottery but um yeah i think you know keeping it sealed is is the much safer play so and uh, the thing know, that I, I read about, and I think you you could probably inform me more, and like the OPG, actually, the edges were rigid. They weren't like sharp edges because the printing factor they came from. Like it wasn't like tops in the U.S. The, uh, the I guess the OPG ones, like they were supposed to, not supposed to be, but it, it, it wasn't perfect, even if it was perfect. Like you could still get a 10, you know, because it was, uh, that's the way it came out of the printing factor. Yeah, so what happened was, so basically Tops and Opeach are the same company. I'm not sure if you know that. And and basically when Tops was done using their their uh, the, the sheet cutters to cut down their sheets in the factory, rather than throw them away, even though they were used and abused, they would ship them up to Canada. And then those were continued to use, you know, that's why you have like the the really awful, um, you know, like uh, Opeachy cut is what it's called, yeah, yeah. which is because they were using... Uh, sheet cutters to to cut the sheets down that were should have been thrown away so it was it was dragging the paper and ripping and making it and making the opichi so that's why it's just like they didn't really care about the product it was just a um you know i think because they didn't care about it it's like everything else you know collectibles that are that aren't made to collect end up being worth more than stuff that is you know you know made like a collector's edition item is never goes on to be worth value where stuff that nobody thinks it's going to be worth money everyone just tosses it and doesn't respect it is the 
you know, the the one that ends up being uh, have, having the value. And Opeachy totally trumps tops. I mean, it's like I don't know what the the multiplier is, but um, you know, I would much rather have Opeachy than than tops nowadays. So when uh you when you've gone to you know buy collections and things like that, what are some of the crazy ones that that stand out in your mind where you're like, oh, oh my god, this guy has this in his attic, or this guy he had this in the crawl space for this many years? Anything stand out for you that you remember that you you just couldn't believe you saw or found, like Jackie Robinson or, or you know? A... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A Babe Ruth or a Mantle or something. I mean, one of my favorite stories is um, we got a call. This is maybe like probably 17, 18 years ago now. And the guy tells us on the phone that he has, um, I have like 36 mint Will Chamberlain's. I have 36 mint Bob Cousy, like, you know, and he, and, he, and, I, and I didn't really think about it at the time. And he told me what they, he was asking for the stuff. So we, it was just outside Penn, uh, Philadelphia. So we flew in, the, probably, I think the next day. And I remember walking in. And he had seven unopened 61 Fleur basketball boxes. And he never mentioned on the phone, which is hilarious because obviously nowadays you would. <laughs> he was he was literally just doing the math of like there's 66 cards in the set yeah. and how many cards you get per box. And I just think it's comical that he never thought to mention that he was he that the they were seven sealed boxes and packs. <laughs> and uh, so I was kind of like blown blown away. Like I was like, what's this? So, um, yeah. So I end up buying the the seven seven sixty one Fleur basketball boxes, and uh, I wish I would have held on. I mean, we at the time I think we paid, I think it was ninety thousand for six boxes, and end up selling them for like thirty five thousand a box, and and now that's probably like a four or five hundred thousand dollar box. I mean, mm-hmm. but at the time I mean, I should... I mean, you make you know your profit and. You move on to the next, huh? Yeah, I never. I mean, but I'm I'm obviously kicking myself. I don't know why. I'm I'm kind of a collector. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't keep one. It's just like it's not in my nature to not. And so that's something I kind of always just because it's, you know. And it was weird too. The the guy's father had worked for for Fleer, and that's and I was all excited because I assumed the guy had a bunch more stuff, and that was all he had left. And 
that that was a pretty wild one. Where's the uh, farthest you've uh, gone for a collection? Like, did you have you gone to Canada and bought a collection? I know Michigan's not too far from Canada in general, but just you know, another country or just cross country only. Yeah, I've been to Canada a bunch. Canada actually has um, the best show in. I don't want to say the country. The best show in North America was in Toronto, and for twenty years, um, nobody really knew about it. So we would go up there and they didn't really grade it was so it was such a pain in the ass to send stuff to psa they have psa canada and stuff now um but it was always just a hassle to grade so we would go up there and we would find just fresh mint you know in oh hockey oh peachy um but other sports they would generally sell it to us fairly cheap because it's a hockey you know country so i think it's funny now because there's these younger guys and uh i stopped going to the show a few years ago just because as it's become more popular just the less, less deals and less, less, uh, you know, but we took advantage of it for 20 some years. And some of these younger guys now are like, Hey, you should really come up to this Toronto show. I think you'd enjoy it. I'm like, trust me, I've been going to the Toronto show since, you know, 1997. Um, you know, it's, it's a different world now with, with how that, how that's evolved. And it's kind of cool to see, uh, in another country, a, a show take off like that has, but that was always like my just hidden gem. Didn't want to tell anybody. A few people knew about it. We would go up there and just, we would spend so much money at that show because just, just mint product everywhere for, for years. So, so yeah, trying all the, yeah, can it all the time. I've heard about it and I've never gone. I want to go, but like when you started going till now, I mean, how much was it all hockey then? And now to now, like there's more basketball and football. I mean, is it transforming a lot or is it still like a, a lot of hockey? It's still a lot of hockey. It's still hockey dominated, but I mean, it was like, it was weird, man. Like I'm telling 20 years ago, it was like, baseball was like kryptonite to them so it was just like dumping their baseball and you know they were always maybe priced a little high but the american dollar back then was you know almost two to one so that worked in our favor and the fact that you know when when you're buying mint cards to grade it doesn't really matter what you pay like if you pay retail or retail plus 20 percent you know if it's a card that's going to nine or ten and you're going to 50 extra money it's irrelevant whether you pay retail or not. So um, the, the pricing never really mattered up there. And, and generally you got deals anyways because uh, of, of the exchange rate. Yeah, man. I mean, it's nowadays, you know how it is with freaking social media and YouTube. There's I, there's like good luck hidden gem. I mean, you really got to like find a flea market or something. You know what I mean? Where just someone hasn't been yet or anything because uh, even the small shows are getting, you know, they're, they're getting advertised and people are hitting them all up. And, you know, before you get there, it's the best stuff's already gone or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot harder than me. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I'm lucky. I, I entered the hobby in the era that I did. And I think, you know, obviously I worked my ass off, but like the luck factor of being in the beginning of, as it started to evolve, um, definitely matters. Like coming into the hobby now, there's a lot of cutthroat people out there. You know, it's, it's, it's a difficult, it's not like it was. And uh, that's why I kind of just, just happy, just collecting and just chill. I, I keep busy doing a lot of stuff, but nowhere near what I, I was doing for a long time. And, you know, I see it just, there's so much, um, you know, competition is the word I'm looking for. Just, you know, all these shows, it, it's, it's just a different world. So, um, you know, praise to a lot of these guys out there grinding because it, it's not as easy as it was, um, you know, even five years ago, but, Going back twenty years ago, it was it was it was easy. It was easy, I'll say. And 
But yeah, I think you were like ahead of the game, though. I mean, it's that you know, you you know, you you saw something, and you know, like it's. I don't think you saw the pandemic coming, but you saw like there was, you know, this was a good business. You could make money in it. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's it was way ahead of the game for sure. And you know, just seeing like guys on on social media like cracking cards out now and stuff. You know, thousands of people doing it. You know, there was five of us doing it twenty years ago. Like it just. Nobody, nobody ever thought to crack out a card and try it again. It was just like, so, yeah, different, different world now, man. Different world for sure. Well, Jason, uh, owner of Otia Sports, man, I appreciate the time as always. Appreciate uh, the the stories, the knowledge, and all and all that stuff. Uh, follow him on he's on all socials and things like that. Um, Jason, yeah, and follow me on socials. I can collects on uh, Twitter, Instagram, doing YouTube a little bit, and. Uh, if you miss anything, you can always go back and listen and download. Like I said, Jason, when you win the uh, the auction for the case, man, we'll have you back on. And I'm gonna take a picture with it, and post it on uh, on all the websites. <laughs> Sounds good, man. We gotta we gotta get together soon, anyways. So hopefully, maybe awesome. that'll be it. All right, guys, thanks for listening, man. As always, uh, keep collecting. <laughs>